With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Fan Junkies Radio invites you to sit back, relax, turn the TV volume down, and turn your computer volume up for another edition of Frat House Saturday. Now, here's Frat House Mike himself, Mike McShane. Good afternoon to you all, and uh, thank you for joining me here again on another Frat House Saturday right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And a beautiful one it is, too, coming to you from the Frat House here today on what is now, I guess, the second longest day of the year as we're into the second day of summer. And, uh, well, we're here just for, you know, the next hour or so to chit-chat with you about some sports stuff, anything on your mind with regard to anything happening in your sports neck of the woods. Give me a holler here if you want to chit-chat about it or talk about anything uh, that I might be bringing up here. And the number to get to me here is 347 237 Let's kick it off uh, this afternoon uh, with our regular look back in history in our Today in Sports. And I'm going to go on back to 1991 for a moment. And on this day in 1991, Eric Lindros was selected first overall by the Quebec Nordiques at the NHL entry draft. Now, it only got more interesting from there because those of you that do remember that, would also recall that Lindros was absolutely adamant that he would not play for Quebec. In fact, he warned them in advance, do not draft me. Yeah, he pulled a John Elway on everybody. Well, in the end, it uh, turned out Lindros never did, in fact, put on the Nordiques uh, jersey. He sat out the entire first year. Following uh, that year, under pressure uh, from the league, the Nordiques finally traded Lindros, ultimately to the Philadelphia Flyers. In exchange for, are you ready for this? And this this is one that I actually found a little bit shocking as I look back on it now. I didn't realize it was this much. The Flyers, in exchange, gave up six players, including Peter Forsberg, two first-round picks, and $15 million in cash. Wow. How'd that work out for you, Flyers? I don't think we ever saw a cup in those years that... uh, Eric Lindros played for us. But I I take nothing away from him. Uh, He he really terrific, terrific player for the Philadelphia Flyers and and fun to watch. Fun to watch. All right. Let's say what's happening around uh, in the world of real live sports. Well, how about this? I was just talking about hockey. We have a fifth game tonight in the Stanley Cup Finals between Boston, uh, the Boston Bruins, and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. 
Game five, Chicago tied that uh, series up the other evening in Boston, and now we travel back for game five to Chicago. So the series right now tied two games apiece. This comes down to a three-game series. You can catch that game live tonight on NBC at 8 p.m. And keep this one in mind. Three out of four of the games so far have gone to overtime. So this is shaping up to be just a terrific series, one that in many respects, uh, if, it goes, if it goes anything like the NBA playoffs uh, just got done, wow, we are in for some uh, terrific three games yet worth of hockey. We have some Major League Baseball games going on as well. In fact, there's one going uh, that started about an hour ago, and that's the Colorado Rockies are visiting the Washington Nationals. That game right now in the top of the fourth with the Rockies leading it 3 to nothing. One o'clock games that are scheduled. We've got the Tampa Bay Rays visiting the uh, New York Yankees. The Baltimore Orioles are up in Toronto uh, playing the Blue Jays. That's a one o'clock start. 2-10 start, we have the Chicago White Sox uh, at Kansas City playing the Royals. And those right there, that's our live action sports that we have going right now. Obviously, I uh, – and those that know me, this is actually a, – a, a, you know, people are going to say, really, Mike? I, I'm, obviously, I'm a big, big sports fan. I, I rarely, rarely miss anything, and even when they're – uh, apparently seems to be nothing on in sports. Trust me, I will find something on some obscure channel uh, here at the frat house to keep me entertained when it comes to sports. But in the world of sports, I would actually, of the four big ones, I would rank basketball as number four. Uh, fo- football, number one. Hockey, probably number two. Baseball, number three. Professional basketball, I rank as number four. I'm I'm pretty clear about that, and I've made that uh, kind of uh, thing clear on Fan Junkies Radio here during our regular weekly shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right here. I've made that clear. I'm not I'm I'm I, I follow the NBA, uh, but I'm not a big big uh, NBA fan. Um, I'm I'm really more of a, a much bigger college basketball guy. I love college basketball, but I gotta tell you. That series that we just got done watching between the San Antonio Spurs and the Miami Heat was just wonderful. What an exciting seven games we just were were entertained to. Absolutely fabulous, fabulous series, particularly, obviously, games six and seven. I, I just cannot go on enough about how great that series was. And ultimately, in the end, as we all know, Miami won their second championship in a row. And no sooner did that end when, as usual, and as we've heard so many times before, all of the Michael Jordan, LeBron James comparisons began. There was an article, uh, and this I'm sure was only one of many. There was an article in yesterday's USA Today sports section. Headline, LeBron James is actually better now than Michael Jordan was then. Ah. All right. Media, media folk, sports talk radio, sports talk television, I'm putting you on notice. Stop this nonsense. To be making these comparisons between Michael Jordan and LeBron James has become 
tiresome and boring, not to mention ridiculous. I am so sick of it. And every way we go, we try to find another angle to the comparison. And in this particular article on USA Today, it was to compare LeBron where he is right now, at the age he is, how many awards he's got, how many championships he's got, and where Michael Jordan was at LeBron's age right now. How many awards he had, how many championships he had. Folks, it doesn't matter. In the end, we wait until the careers are finished. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron James. He probably is right now the best player in the NBA. I don't think there's anybody out there that wouldn't take him on their team. Give that to him. That's fine. But to be making comparisons to Jordan is ludicrous. And I'm just asking everyone now to stop it. I'm sick of it. It is tiresome. It's almost become hackneyed. What are your thoughts on it? 347-237-5373. It just, just, just really, really infuriates me, honestly. Michael Jordan was... Look, folks, anybody out there that, 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 that says Michael Jordan was not probably the best player the NBA has ever seen, I, I, you're living under a rock or something. I don't know what your problem is. You go take a look at the numbers. Absolutely the best player in my lifetime I've ever seen, and I think most people would agree to that. Jordan's, LeBron's not there yet. So why, why even uh, uh, go through this exercise of making these comparisons? It's ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Ah, had to get that off my chest. Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. If you want to weigh in yourself, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. If you think, I mean, look, LeBron might turn out to be better than than Jordan, but we don't know yet. All right, the script is still being written, and so we leave it alone until the time comes when the comparison would be more relevant. All right. The other thing that's on my mind uh, this morning, late last night as I was putting this program together and thinking about things, is, yes, it's, it's, it's sports-related, but it's probably more society-related. Um, and that is something that's very, very dear to my heart, and that's the media. I'm a student of the media. My degree is in journalism and communications. And I was trained at a, in an era back in the late 70s and early 80s. I was trained in college in an era where there, there was a great deal of emphasis placed on communication ethics. To that, I thank the good Christian brothers over at LaSalle University in Philadelphia. I particularly thank one of my good friends and uh, professors there, Dr. Rich Goodcoop, who instilled in me a great sense of ethic when it comes to the media, to journalism, to reporting, and to the way that we present things in broadcasting or in writing. Ethics. As I look back over the history of the media, it seems to me that there were two major events 
in separate areas that completely changed the relationship and the tenor of the media as we once knew it to what it is now. Two major events. The first one was Watergate. Watergate, in my opinion, dramatically changed the relationship of the media to our elected representatives and government officials. Prior to Watergate, frequently the media acquiesced to individuals in those positions. We accepted what they stated to be truthful. We took their words and we reported it. We didn't investigate it. Now, I'm not saying that what happened with Watergate and the result of that is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that that one particular incident dramatically changed the relationship of the media to our government. To the extent that later on, the media was frequently referred to as the fourth branch of the government. You had the executive, the legislative, the judicial, and the media. No problem with that. The media, in many respects, creates a balance of power. A balance of power of us, the voters, the constituents, the citizens of this country, to our governments. The media should be representing us. Watergate changed that relationship. In the sports era, I believe the relationship changed between the media and sports with the O.J. Simpson case. It was at that point we suddenly saw the media take on a Watergate-type attitude when it came to sports. We didn't just report sports any longer following that event. We investigated it. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But two big events, in my opinion, that dramatically changed the way we view government, politics, our officials, and also sports, athletes, superstars, sports organizations. The O.J. Simpson case, I believe, because of the nonstop aggressive coverage that was done of that particular incident. And remember, folks, it went on for a long time. You had the buildup of it, which was all of the stuff that led into the uh, led up to his arrest. And then it was later on, it was the coverage of all of the trial that went on. That was an event that went on for, what, a couple of years. But because of the aggressive nature of the way it was covered and nonstop covered, mind you, at a time when information technology was in its, not infancy, it was starting to really bubble up. Information technology fed into all of that. And so now we have an aggressive media looking at our sports be it our athletes, our organizations, all of our sporting environments, looking at them and being able to instantaneously bring us information via the Internet, blog sites, 
Facebook, Twitter, you name it, we're moving it out there. So where's this rant coming from, Mike? Well, it goes to Aaron Hernandez. The situation with Aaron Hernandez that really started out on Tuesday as a report simply that he was being questioned by Massachusetts authorities in regard to a potential homicide. They weren't even certain at that time it was a homicide, but in regard to a homicide of, at that time, an unnamed victim. Media was not reporting that Aaron Hernandez was the cause of it. They simply reported that, in fact, he was being questioned in connection with it. And there's good reason for that. Apparently, the body of the victim was found less than a mile from his home. You know, there was some uh, circumstantial evidence leading to potential of uh, one of his vehicles being involved in it, a rented vehicle. But since Tuesday, what has occurred has been a flurry of reports and activity frequently incorrect. And we have seen this so many times with so many different incidents. It could be something tragic that happened like a school shooting or some other type of an event, a natural disaster, where we're so quick to rush to get information out there that nobody is paying attention to the accuracy of what we put out there. I have refused and will continue to refuse to make any comment whatsoever with regard to Aaron Hernandez. I will not speculate on whether he is guilty, had anything to do with this or not, until those that are investigating, and I am not one of them, are finished their job. I think it would be prudent on the part of all media just to shut down on this. Let the investigators do their job, get out of their way, stop meddling by putting out reports that might be completely untrue. And to just give you one example of what I'm talking about, my gosh, it was reported by multiple sources two days ago that Aaron Hernandez was going to be arrested, that an arrest warrant had been issued. And to this moment, as far as to the best of my knowledge, to this moment, no arrest warrant has yet to be issued. That was two days ago. Stop putting information out that is inaccurate. Do not be jumping the gun. Do not rush to judgment to be making statements to the effect of, wow, it certainly appears that this guy is guilty. Guilty of what? We don't know yet. To make statements of that nature, in my opinion, is journalistically irresponsible and unethical. I will not say anything about the Aaron Hernandez case situation with the exception of, I agree, it does not look very good. But I will wait to see how it unfolds in the days ahead. If anybody has any comments about either of those items, feel free, please, to give me a holler here and chime in. 347 237 5373. The purpose behind Frat House Saturday is to bring you each week the audio rebroadcast of Five Minutes at the Frat House, which is a video sports chat, sports rap program between 
sidekick and myself that we have been doing now for 94 straight weeks. You can find it over at YouTube. If you go over to YouTube and type in five minutes at the frat house, you will find all – oh, gosh, there's got to be 125, maybe closing in on 130 different videos, 94 of which are our weekly five minutes at the frat house program. We are going strong. It continues to move on. We'll be doing number 95 next week. We have plans for our, our, our second anniversary show, which is coming up in about 11 weeks or so. So you can expect that this program will continue on as it has been for almost two straight years. And what a two years it's been, i got to tell you. I mean, how this program has evolved, changed, gotten better, gotten more sophisticated, changes we've made to lighting, cameras, just the whole way we produce it, just incredible, absolutely incredible production uh, that takes Folks, it takes quite a, quite a bit of time. Make no mistake. It takes a good three days to put this put one of these together. Three full days, different segments of it. So uh, go out to YouTube. I encourage you. I'm going to play the audio version of it, which you get to hear it. But I encourage you to go over to YouTube or go over to our uh, website, which is frathousesports.net. And they are all up there uh, going back to a year ago. So you've got them all going back to about July of last year. And then older ones than that, then you would have to uh, just go to YouTube to, to, to locate. But uh, you got almost a full year's worth of ones over on our website, frathousesports.net. All right? And uh, that's uh, – I would encourage you to do that. So uh, I'm going to be playing this uh, this week's for you. And while that's playing, I, obviously I will not be taking any calls. Uh, but I will jump back in with you on uh, the back end of it. And I'll stick around here with you for a few moments. Uh, so long as anybody cares to participate, uh, I'd be more than happy to take some calls at that time. So let me bring to you today uh, five minutes at the frat house, number 94. Welcome back to the 94th episode of Five Minutes at the Frat House, brought to you by Frat House Sports. Uh, with Fred House Mike and Sidekick. And listen, before we jump into all of our uh, sports updating chat, uh, I want I want to get a little bit of uh, housekeeping kind of out of the way here. And let's start it off by introducing you to one of our new staff members. Uh, in the new addition to the staff right here, uh, this is our Frat House sports mascot, uh, provided to us uh, last weekend uh, on this uh, past uh, Father's Day by my daughter, Stephanie, and uh, right now, as you can see, he's uh, decked out in his, uh, well, his Phil's summer uniform, but uh, I've been told, uh, I've been told that, that the uniform can change, it will change, you know, you never know, he might even show up one of these weeks, say, in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform, or... Well, I was going to say, is this kind of like a new sidekick, should I be <laughs> no, worried? No, 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 yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, <laughs> you know, no, your, your contract's secure, my friend, uh... Uh, here's the problem. We couldn't even write him a contract because here's the problem. He doesn't have a name. So what we're looking for here from all of our folks out there uh, who are watching the show or who follow us over on fradhousesports.net or on uh, Facebook, we want you to name our new mascot for us. All right? And so what you need to do is you need to send us uh, what you think would be the most appropriate name for our mascot, either by leaving a message on this YouTube video or, better yet, 
go over to our Facebook page, Frat House Sports. Find it, give us a like, and then tell us what you think the new mascot's name should be, and that'll be our new mascot as we move forward. And we might do this. He has beautiful hair. He does have beautiful hair. Look at that. It's yep. absolutely very nice. I've also been told he might actually have some speaking parts in the near future. Well, is it now, is it a he <laughs> or a she? Or are we saying it can go oh, no, no, stuff no. either? It's up to, it's up to the, uh, I will leave that up to the fan base. Yes, they may determine the name it's of. It's androgynous or whatever it's, they call it's, it's, that. I'll be whatever you want me to be. <laughs> but we will not accept Danica. Uh, <laughs> no Danicas, please. Yes, no Danicas. Those votes will be thrown out immediately. Um, listen, the other thing, too, is you might remember that at the end of last week's show, you, we showed you our uh, our new Frat House Sports stickers. Look, we're, everything's all starting to come together, huh? You getting the idea here? Yep. All being brought to you by Frat House Sports. We showed you our new stickers. And if you would like to have one of those, all you got to do is drop us a line and let us know where to send it. Best way to do that again. Go to the Facebook page. That's the best way to communicate with us. Yep. Send us a note and let us know that you want one, and we'll send one out to you. We're not charging you anything. It's completely completely for free. We'll just send one over to you. And for those that already have, uh, like Scott up in Massachusetts and uh, and uh, Robin down there in Tennessee, I, they're, they're in the mail. I already sent them out, so you'll be getting them. All I ask is this. Once you get one, you got to take a pic of it. Let us know where it is. All right? Get a picture of it. Let us know where you where you, where you displayed it. And post that picture up on our on our Facebook page, and then what I want to do is I want to get these out in every single state in the country. I thought there that you go. really there, there's a goal. That's our goal. We want so, to see uh, one of these from every state in the. And in while the we're talking about this, all, this going on, yes, it's 80 days until Carl. the start of the Carl. NFL regular season, which means guess what else is coming up? Our second anniversary. Yes. Our second anniversary show is only 11 weeks away, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's why all this cool stuff that we're kind of introducing to yep. you here as we go. Baby slowly, steps. We don't want to. We don't want to shock yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Big announcements are coming. Big things are coming. All right. All right. You just gotta sit tight. Big things here tonight, though. Uh, we're gonna start the yep. show off a little bit differently this evening, as we're gonna. Hey, let's start it off with the NBA because we've got ourselves a Game 7. Something that doesn't happen too often in the NBA. In fact, this is only the fifth one in the past 25 years that we've got a Game 7 going on in uh, the NBA Finals. Um, Absolutely, positively, as we well know, the last game of the season now. I mean, it being the last. So So is this an elimination game? Uh, this would be an elimination game, my friend. Yes. <laughs> this is a championship elimination, elimination game. game. Yep. <laughs> but the question is, was Tuesday night an elimination game? Yes, it was. It, <laughs> it absolutely could have because been. Because I said it so <laughs> no, on Fan Chubby's radio the other day. I said that Tuesday's was an elimination Yes, it was. But go ahead. How did yep. we get here up to this point? I mean, you know, here we are. The culmination of the 2013 NBA season, Game 7 of the Finals. Tonight, we will know who is our champion yep. and who is our loser. Yep. Somebody's going home. Somebody's getting a ring. Yep. Um, so, now, uh, tip-off is tonight at 9 p.m. on ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you watched game six, overtime, Heat were down by 13 at the end of the third quarter. 
came back to win that game. Mm-hmm. So if we look a little bit back at the series, game one went to overtime. Then we had four games that were that were blowouts or semi-blowouts. Yep. Game six, overtime again. What's mm-hmm. going to happen tonight? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, this this series has been incredible. Well, if I'm not mistaken, too, correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't know if you've got all the scores there or not, but. I think all of the games have gone 1-1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. Exactly. Yes, they so have. So if we go with that pattern, San Antonio wins tonight. Yes, but I've, but. Got, a, but <laughs> I've got a stat for you that doesn't bode well for the Spurs. Go ahead. And that is, it's been 35 years since a road team has won a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. But. And that was 1978 the Washington Bullets over the Seattle Supersonics. Sidekick, at the same time, as I just pointed out, there have only been five Game 7s in the last 25 yep. years. And you could also argue that it's it's due. It's been 35 years since it's been done. Right. So, but, you know. But can we say enough about that Game 6 the other night? What an incredible that display. That game was amazing. I, I mean, it is going down as potentially maybe one of the best uh, finals games ever in the history of the NBA. I don't know if I would go that far, but it certainly has to come up there as one of the best ever. I sat there on the edge of my seat. I got to tell you, going into the second half, I said for sure this is San Antonio's series. They won this. It is over with. Uh, but the whole situation is uh, fourth quarter, all of a sudden, you've got LeBron James comes alive. Before that, the guy was, what, 3 for 12 from the field. Something ridiculous yeah, his like that. Four, I think his fourth quarter stats equaled the first three periods. It was ridiculous. LeBron James carried the team in the fourth quarter, willed that team into game seven. And there's where we are. He won that game yep. six in overtime, 103-100. LeBron James with 32 points. Tim Duncan with 30. Yep. Boy, was this guy disappointed. And honestly, huh? honestly, I think it still would have been a Spurs game had they not had those couple turnovers at the end of the overtime. Correct. Yep. I yep. think you, it would have been the Spurs, but they had a couple, you know. Ray Allen, Ray Allen with that, with that, uh, that, that uh, game-tying three-pointer there. Just absolutely incredible. Ray Allen, by the way, right now considered to be, in fact, statistically, the best three-point shooter ever in the history of the NBA, Ray Allen. And there he was again. Yep. Coming up there in clutch time. Incredible, incredible situation. we got to go to game six. Sidekick, I'm going to put you on the spot. Or game seven, where do we go tonight? Who's winning this thing? I mean, a lot of people are... See, i, I, I got to tell you, okay. I'm for one. I, I'm going to throw it right out there. I said it the other day on Fan Junkies Radio. Yep. How do you come back from a loss like that one? Sam, they had the yellow tape going up ready to give them the trophy. The yellow tape was going up. They thought it was over with. How do you come back, you know, just emotionally from a loss like that to win in Game Seven? I don't think it was that. I think it was a hard, it was a hard-fought game, but I don't think it was a letdown by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't like Good they point. got blown out. You know, it was it was a hotly contested game right through the whole thing. I mean, yes, at the end of the third period, the Heat were down by 13 points, but it wasn't like it was you know, a blowout either way. Mm-hmm. I think it was a strong game on both, both, uh, by both teams. Mm-hmm. So I can't see either team. I think the Heat may have a little bit of a, you know, puff, puffy chest, you know, you know, because they were able to pull that off and it was an elimination game for them. Right. But I don't see any kind of letdown by the Spurs. 
Yep. You know, I, so what do you think at this point right now? I mean, uh, apparently well, going into this game right now, uh, uh, the Heat are favored by six, maybe a little bit less than that. Where, where do you have it going? What do you think? If, if we go back two weeks, remember I said that <laughs> the Heat were going to sweep because I didn't want to jinx the Spurs. I want it. I, I'm going to go with the Spurs. I want to see the Spurs win tonight. I don't want to see the Heat repeat. I'm hoping I don't jinx them. Right. Because I, I so bad the other night wanted to sit there and start, you know, going on Facebook and posting about the Spurs. I said no, because if I do, it's going to jinx them. They'll around. lose the game. Yep. yep. So I'm yep. hoping that I didn't jinx the Spurs by saying that I want to see the Spurs Well, win. I, for one, I got to tell you, I think I, I think I said it last week. My heart is with the Spurs. My head says Heat. Game seven. It's at home. I know that they haven't won two in a row yet in this finals, but I think tonight might be the night. So, but you can bet nine o'clock. I'm going to be there for that tip off, and I'm going to be watching yep. all the way through. I live for this shit. Oh yes, indeed I do. Okay, let's get back on track. What do you say, literally? And let's take yep. it to the Michigan International Speedway, and that puts us back on track for yep. last week's Quick and Loans 400. And uh, Psychic, why don't you uh, do us all a favor and just let us know who won the race, huh? Oh, well, you seem to call it last week. Yep, that would be Mr. Greg <laughs> And Nibble. we had to hear about it on Facebook, so well, go right ahead know. and let everybody know who won that race. Greg well, Biffle won. Second, you know. <laughs> second place was Kevin Harvick. Martin Truex Jr. came in third. Kyle Busch came in fourth. Tony Stewart came in fifth. And the best finish by a female. We have a top 15 yeah, how about finish. That one? How about that one? 13th. How about that one? Danica, you're doing all right. Oh, no, sure. That's right. You can't name it again. Um, but um, Tony Stewart, third week in a row, we're talking about Tony Stewart. How yep. about that one? Huh? All right. Yep. I'm not done. Actually, I'm not done talking about Tony Stewart. I'll get back yeah, we'll to get, Tony we're, Stewart. We're going to get to that right after we go over the leaderboard. Let's take a look at that. How did MIS uh, affect this leaderboard? Well, Johnson continues to hold on the number one spot. He's dropping down a little bit. Last week I was saying he was making some space, but now it's just 31 points ahead of number two, Carl Edwards. Clint Porter stays in number three. Kevin Harvick, as you pointed out, moves up to number four. Yep. Three-time winner Matt Kansas breaks the top five and holds on to the and, and gets into that number five spot. Who else is trending? What else you got? Well, the trenders, the biggest losers for the week were Jeff Gordon, who uh, had that yes. crash with Bobby Rock. and Labonte in the right. beginning of the race, so he dropped five spots. Yep. And then Kurt Busch dropped five spots. Yep. Biggest movers of the week were Martin Truex Jr. up four and Jeff Burton up four. Yep. Also, Stewart moved up another two spots this week. That's nine spots over the last three weeks. He's now in tenth place. Tenth. And he's, he's not in the wild card. That's exactly. Wild he's card. in tenth now. Right. So, so here you go with our midseason mover, and that's Tony Stewart. And we've been bringing his name up week after week. Do we bring him up again next week? We'll see. All right. There you go. That's what happened out at Michigan. Um, last week, we didn't get to this story, uh, and that's the story of uh, Jason Leffler, who died in a sprint car on a dirt track, uh, actually locally to us here at Bridgeport Speedway yep. in New Jersey. In fact, they medevaced him to Chester, uh, Crozier Chester Hospital, which is not far from here, yep. um, where he uh, unfortunately periled. Um, the vehicle, his vehicle, the, he was driving on dirt track in one of the sprint cars, hit the wall head on. Uh, 37-year-old NASCAR driver 
who had run 58, uh, 56 races in the NASCAR Truck Series, uh, 73 races in Sprint Cup in the Sprint Cup Series, 294 races in the Nationwide Series over 12 years. He was kind of a Tony Stewart type character from the standpoint he wasn't afraid to get behind the wheel of anything, literally. In fact, he even had three races behind uh, the wheel of an Indy car. Yep. Um, the question I guess I throw out to you, Psychic, um, is recognizing that the sprint cars uh, do not have near the safety features uh, that we see, obviously, in NASCAR and, you know, in all the NASCAR series. Running one of these types of races, a, a, you know, one of these sprint car, dirt track sort of things, is this an advisable situation for any of the drivers, particularly professional drivers? And I would consider Leffler a professional driver. And then the other question I throw out, when does NASCAR just say no to the whole moonlighting concept? You know, I understand the whole thing. Drivers aren't unionized. There's no union there. These guys are under contract. I understand all that. Is this really a smart thing? Well, uh, see, I, I was going to – see, my question I was going to come back to you with, you know, uh, when we were talking about the segment about should Leffler have been on the track or not, right. was why shouldn't he have been on the track? Um, you know, he, he was racing this weekend. Um, just so you, the, you know, since some of our uh, followers may not exactly know everything about – uh, uh, Leffler, uh, he hasn't had a NASCAR ride I since know. 2011. In some respect, now, right, go ahead. Or he hasn't had a full-time ride since 2011. Right. Now, he was at Pocono. He finished last place. He was a starting part uh, at uh, Pocono. And he's had, you know, you know, a handful of, you know, Jets. Uh, NASCAR, you know, rides over the, the past two years. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, also, some backup history on uh, Jason is he is a single father with a five-year-old. Yes. Um, now, since he doesn't have a NASCAR ride, he was racing. You I know, know. I know. You know, the they said the winner of that race got seven thousand dollars. So he, he has to make. You know, it's not like he had a contract. You know, like a Tony Stewart, where you know he he's doing his his track racing, you know, dirt track racing and stuff, and potentially you know risk you know giving himself more risk right. than he, you know, he should be. But, you know, basically this was how he was, you know, making, making his living. earning now. Making because living, he did, right. you know, he didn't have that NASCAR ride. Um, but, though, now to get on to the safety side of it, one thing about the local tracks is they're not governed by NASCAR. Mm-hmm. You know, they're independently owned. You know, NASCAR, you've got basically, you know, you've got two majority owners of tracks, and you've got three tracks that each have their own independent owners. Um, so there's some sort of, plus, you know, NASCAR oversees the tracks as well. The local tracks don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, the local tracks don't have money to, to put in things like safer barrier. Some of the NASCAR tracks don't even have the money to put safer barriers in. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, this is a kind of risk. Brad, Brad Keselowski said this week, uh, this sport has a way of being really, really mean sometimes. You always assume risk when you get behind the wheel. You assume a much higher level of risk when you get behind the wheel at a local track. Mm. Now, um, also, one thing they were talking about was in in uh, Jason's case, he had a uh, he was wearing a uh, neck and head restraint designed to protect from frontal impacts and not side impacts. Right. Um, what he what he died from was blunt force neck injury caused by a whip type motion. 
as his car hit the wall and then Max. slammed down Max. onto its side. Correct. Um, since 2001 in NASCAR, with the passing of Dale Earnhardt Sr., they've had the Hans devices. Mm-hmm. Hans devices are not required in in the in these uh, dirt track sprint, sprint cars. Sprint cars. Right. Uh, not not to be confused with Sprint Cup. Right. Um, right. And what they're saying is, you know, like Tony Stewart does a lot of dirt track racing, but the seat that he sits in is a seat similar to what the NASCAR drivers sit in. And it's it's kind of up to the car owner and the drivers. So he takes safety very personally, and he, you know, has a Hans device and is cocooned into his seat that keeps his head, chest, and pelvis all in line to, to eliminate that danger. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Jason didn't have that for, you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, and we've seen several deaths this year, uh, on the on the the dirt track circuit, uh, just as I think two months ago we had a, a another death, two deaths actually at the same track. Mm-hmm. So you know it. While it's one of those things where it's risky, um, you know I I think it's it needs to be looked at, and it, there's some there needs to be some sort of safety improvements done, but without you know a governing body per se or or something like that. I think it's going to be difficult to get that at the local level. I agree with you. So, unfortunately, it's and sad. And as, as I stated on uh, Fan Junkies Radio, at the, at the risk of sounding insensitive to what uh, occurred with Jason Leffler, uh, I just bring the situation up. That's all. I, I just raise it as an issue. Obviously, uh, both Psychic uh, and I are big motorsports fans, and that is the last thing most motorsports fans want, want to see in any arena. So, our, our, our sympathy out to... Uh, the Leffler folks and, yep. and the family and, and, of course, his son that's left behind. Yeah. Now, hopefully, like we saw in the case of Dale Earnhardt Sr., where, you know, they came out with the Hans device that was mandated the year after and things like that, sometimes it takes something like this to, to, to you know, promote. to get safety awareness. But right. given that, you know, we've seen a couple other deaths this year, right. you know, at the local level, you know, are we really going to see major sweeping change? I, I, I don't know. It's some of it, too, I think it's the nature of the vehicle. How, you know, that vehicle is open on the sides, at least at, you know, in, the, in the window area. So we're going to yeah. have to wait and see how that, how that all works out. I mean, there has to be some sort of logistics that come involved in that. But, all right, uh, let's stick with racing for just one more second. Uh, we're really going to mix things up this, uh, this coming weekend. As yep. we head out to Sonoma Raceway in California, uh, this is our first road course uh, mm-hmm. race, um, and all of you can catch the coverage of that race uh, beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday over on our favorite TNT. Uh, give us your fantasy suggestions, uh, Psychic, but uh, I could probably guess at least three of them. But go ahead. Let's hear them. All righty. Well, we're going to Sonoma. It's time to make right turns on the track. That's right, boys and Tanica. We're going to the road course. Yes, we're going to have some fun this weekend. We're going to throw everybody's roster up in the air. All right, so. Yep. Here we go. Picks for the week. Clint Boyer, last year's winner of the race at Sonoma, has four consecutive finishes of 11th or better, 26-25. Same as last week. Mm Mm-hmm. 
One of the first times appearing on the list this season, Tony Stewart, mm -hmm. road course specialist with four straight top tens and momentum going on his side. Mm -hmm. He's 24-25. Brian Vickers mm. finished fourth here last year and has been doing so well for Michael Waltrip Racing that they've added him for the road courses. Mm. He is 2075. The name you've been waiting for. Go ahead. Marcos Ambrose. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Everybody's favorite road course ringer. Um, you know, even more popular than uh, Juan Pablo Montoya. Uh, he has an average finish of 5.5 over the last four races here. And if it weren't for a wreck on his first race, he'd be perfect top tens on road courses mm -hmm. in his career in NASCAR. Uh, by the way, at Watkins Glen, he's won there and finished, uh, I believe, second. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, he is 1875. And then from the who category, we're going to throw in Victor Gonzalez Jr. Yes, who? Victor is mm -hmm. one of three racers this weekend getting his first Sprint Cup start. And uh, it comes on a road course where he has six nationwide starts and typically averages in the teens in his road course finishes last year, he is a bargain steal at 750. <laughs> That's even a little bit high, isn't it? In latest fact, nobody's ever heard from him. Which takes the roster to $98. <laughs> well, you had two out of three of the ones that I thought. I thought for sure you were going to throw Mark Martin in there. but mm. uh, Budget, budget. That's, for, like, that's kind of where I thought. All right. Uh, all righty. Let's go over. And uh, we're now 12 weeks into uh, the Major League Baseball. In the Major League Baseball. Uh, with 46% of the season completed, uh, which is rather hard to believe. Um, so let's take a look at the current MLB standings. Over in uh, the American League, the uh, Boston Red Sox are only a game and a half ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, yep. who are 7-3 in their last 10 in the AL East. In the Central, the Detroit Tigers are three and a half games in front of the Cleveland Indians. And in the West, the Oakland A's continue to hold top spot. They're now two games in front of the Texas Rangers. A lot of people are asking, Texas Rangers, are they shot? Huh? We'll wait and see. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves, seven games in front of the Washington Nationals. Your St. Louis Cardinals with the best record in Major League Baseball, Still two and a half games in front of the Cincinnati Reds. Yep. And uh, in the West, the Arizona Diamondbacks are a game and a half in front of the Colorado Rockies. It's time again for Frat House Mike's Screwball Stories. Uh, all right, listen. <laughs> check your facts and get back check, to me. Check the facts and get back. All right. Uh, listen, here we go. Everybody's favorite summertime frat house sports segment. That's our screw stories in baseball. We're just going to fly by the seat of our pants here tonight. Uh, got to ask a question. Would it come as a surprise to you, Sidekick, uh, that uh, Tigers uh, manager uh, Jim Leland uh, has been known to, you know, tip a few back? Does that come as a surprise? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I need a drink. Yeah, yeah. No. I, heard, I heard he's in second place in the league in doubles. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. Nope. Uh, and listen, it wouldn't come as a surprise to just about anyone that has followed Leland over the years that the uh, guy has uh, put away his share of libations over the years. Uh, and just for good measure, he confirmed it the other evening to the media. 
Leland was asked for his opinion regarding uh, Baltimore Oreos, uh, Orioles, <laughs> Orioles, Orioles, <laughs> Manny Machado, uh, prior to the O's opening. A Let's go uh, have a ham sandwich. No, no, we're having Oreos. <laughs> uh, prior to opening a series at Tiger Stadium, to which Leland responded, Machado leads the league in doubles. I'm second in doubles. Double vodkas, double scotches. <laughs> I know better. I maybe think I had a couple of doubles. No doubles here. Maybe a single. But, uh, they always say that if you admit to being an alcoholic, well, then you're not one, right? So I guess Leland's in good shape. Uh, let's go over and take a look at the Mets for a moment. They certainly have their share of rising oh God, stars. The uh, well, they, listen, they've got a couple of really good players uh, and some things that are coming up in the future. It paves a positive look for them in, in, the, in the coming years. One of them is rookie phenom uh, pitcher Matt Harvey. One is not Lucas Duda. Uh, with Harvey throwing a no-hitter through six innings against the Braves at Turner Field uh, the other evening, Braves' uh, Jason Hayward bounced an infield ball to the left side of the pitcher's mound. Harvey quickly charged the ball and flipped an underhand to first base to no one. Duda showed up on the scene at first base just seconds later, to watch the ro- the ball roll away and Hayward get the first Braves base hit of the game. There seems to be no sign no, of intelligent no, no, no. life anywhere. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Smooth um, move, X-Lax. No steak dinners from Harvey after the game for his teammates. So you can bet on that one. Our, our frat house sports Manny Ramirez watch, which began uh, right here on this show last season. Yep. may have just been put on hold as a missing person's APB has been put out for a Manny sighting. Now, you might recall that the last time we saw Manny, he was having trouble sliding into uh, second base in a game b- uh, being played in the Taiwanese League for the EDA Rhinos. Since playing for the Rhinos, are you ready for this? When he was playing down there with them, attendance for the Rhinos increased 412%. TV ratings spiked 221%. However, it's been reported that Ramirez has mysteriously been removed from the team's roster and is scheduled to leave Taiwan tomorrow. For where? Well, that's all speculation. Some have actually rumored that he might be showing up uh, back up here in the U.S. on one of the bigs. That's actually been one of the rumors. Others feel he's heading off to... uh, to the Japan uh, Nippon Professional Baseball League. And if he is, my suspicion is it's because he hey, heard right here on this show, show last week they're hey, using doctor, they're balls. balls. That's right. <laughs> There's something schooly around here. Which is, which is quite funny <laughs> that we have this story today because if you watch the throwback from a year ago, this episode. Is that right? I haven't we were talking. We about were talking Manny? about Manny getting dropped by the minor league team. <laughs> now Manny's working his way back to somewhere we're just not quite sure where. Oh, that's funny. I haven't actually seen it. I, I posted it up, but I haven't seen it. Apparently uh, he wants to go someplace he can hit his balls a little farther. Oh, righty. Uh, last but not least... Um, this might be just as good as that comment. As reported earlier, the Oakland A's right now are leading the AL uh, West by two games over the cooling uh, Texas Rangers. Now, no doubt about it, the A's have uh, played very, very well, uh, particularly recently. Uh, 
They just wish, however, that their ballpark, the Oakland Coliseum, wasn't playing like crap. Uh, while many have claimed that the Chicago's, uh, that the Cubs' Wrigley Field uh, have the worst player and fan amenities uh, in the entire league, which, as we've discussed here, has ultimately led to the approval of a $500 million facelift for Wrigley. In fact, the Oakland Coliseum makes its own case for possibly the worst, well, certainly maybe the most unhealthy uh, place to play baseball. The other day, both the A's and visiting Seattle Mariners players had to share locker room and shower facilities in the Oakland Raiders clubhouse as a result of a major raw sewage backup and spill that infected both the home and visitors' club facilities. Don't drop the soap. The sewage spill, now mind you, also <laughs> shut down numerous restaurants in and around the clubhouse locations. Team, o- team owner Lou Wolf said, uh, this is not the first time we've, had to, we've uh, encountered this problem. It's been a continuing problem. We're sitting in a 46-year-old venue in an economic situation where the joint partners, these are the folks that own Oakland Coliseum, are the city of Oakland and Alameda County, don't have the funds to maintain the facility. It's not up to, up to us to maintain it. In fact, he's correct. The, both the Raiders and the uh, Athletics have no obligation to maintain that facility. They pay their rent, they pay their lease, and that's it. The, both the City of Oakland and Alameda County have been firm about the fact that they will maintain the facility. They're not doing a very good job. Well, I would advise against ordering shit on a shingle. <laughs> Actually, you might get a good order. Well, never mind. You might get a good order of that, though. All right. All right, there's our screwy stories for this week. Uh, some of them are a little distasteful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a little unpalatable. We're going to run through the frozen ponds real quick, much to this gentleman's desire over here, because there's not a heck of a lot to update you about. Uh, but uh, kind of a little bit of irony going on here a little bit. Uh, at this point right now in the NHL season, we have at most maybe three games remaining. All right, maybe three. Might Thank only actually God. be two. I knew that was coming. Uh, as last night, the number one seed in the West Chicago Blackhawks tied the finals uh, 2-2 uh, against the number four seed Boston Bruins, who have been playing very, very well. This series has been a matchup of two goaltenders, all right, between Tukaresk and Crawford. Incredible, incredible job. Now the series swings back to Chicago for game five on Saturday. Despite what this gentleman might say, you can't deny the entertainment factor of the NHL playoffs, and particularly these finals, as three out of four of the games played so far have ended in sudden death overtime, including last night's. So, here's the deal. This is what's really interesting, and I think actually a little bit kind of, eh, maybe might be one time historic. Next week at this time, when we return in week 95 here on 5 Minutes at Spread House, we'll be opening the show with congratulations to two new champions, one in the NBA as we've got Game 7 scheduled for this evening and the second in the NHL with Game 7, if it's needed, being scheduled for next Wednesday evening. One way or another, we've got two new champions next week. The last NHL update of the season. Of the season. And won't be long before you'll be having to be forced to give them for next season. Well, Uh, next year, I I I said next year I will 
I got I'll you. report next year. All right, psychic. Listen. As a matter of fact, once the season's over, you'll, you'll talk, talk about, about the about off hockey. season. You'll talk about the so off season. So after okay. we do the next episode, All right. from that point on, I will talk about hockey. All right. So you apparently had yourself a pretty kind of neat uh, little five minutes outside the frat house. Yes, I did. Monday day. night. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Monday night, uh, I went to the Philadelphia, you know, the Philadelphia Union team dinner that was held downtown at the Brazilian Steakhouse. Fogo de Chao, yep. uh, where I got to have dinner with uh, various members of the union, uh, along with other people that were there. Um, I was fortunate. I got to sit at a table with Jack McInerney, mm-hmm. who is the uh, uh, MLS Player of the Month for the second consecutive month. But I also uh, was able to get in a picture with uh, John Hackworth, our head coach. Very nice. So got to got to get a couple pictures and handed out a lot of our stickers. I hope yeah, you have to move those around there. Business cards. Ah, there you go. Got new ones in the works because we got new stuff coming, which we're waiting to give you the announcement. Nice job. Uh, One more bit of housekeeping this week, uh, and that's our Frat House Sports Facebook post of the week, which has a football flavor again to it this week, and again it's the same team, unfortunately. Last week, you might remember, talking about Tim Tebow and the New England Patriots. This week, albeit the details are still developing and forthcoming, and we've kind of reserved any judgment on this uh, this evening until everything kind of gets fleshed out, but uh, it was the post that I put up on Tuesday with regard uh, to the breaking news on that evening about New England Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez, who at that point was being questioned by Massachusetts police Uh, authorities in connection to a homicide. More information uh, has come out about this over the last 48 hours. I'm not going to get into all of it, but at this point right now, there's still no definitive result one way or another with regard to Hernandez. Actually, I have some breaking news on the case. Go ahead. Apparently, it was Colonel Mustard in the library. (laughs) With a candlestick. Unfortunately... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I have a tendency to frequently take a, uh, a sit-tight approach on this sort of thing, particularly in this era of fast-moving information, uh, frequently disinformation that gets yep. out there via social media, via Twitter, Facebook, all those other ways of getting things out. So my attitude is just sit tight. We know this much. He's been talked to, and he's yep. under investigation, and that's where I'm going to leave it at this point. Yep. All right. We'd but rather- nonetheless, as a result of that, it got the most views on our Facebook page. As we, We'd rather correctly report the facts Correct. than to be the first one on the street. I'm with not interested great, in that, yeah. really. So. But anyhow, do me a favor. Please keep the post coming and the comments to our post coming. Uh, and make sure, as I pointed out at the top of the show, use our Facebook page to communicate with us. Yep. Let us know what to name our, our mascot. Let us know whether you want one of our stickers. I'll get it over to you. Real quick, in closing, let's make sure everybody remembers. Make sure you get over and check out fanjunkies.net. All right, where sports meets social networking. All right, I've been talking about it for over a year, so I don't need to go into any more about it. If you want to know about that, go check one of the previous shows. Fanjunkies.net. Get over there, sign up. It's completely free. And follow Jonathan and I Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right there. Fan Junkies Radio over on Blog Talk Radio. And then, of course, my buddies up in Boston. Sports Blogger Radio, which is going live right now as we speak, 8 p.m. over on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And then I'm there at 1 p.m. 
on Saturdays with Frat House Saturday rebroadcasting this show. Many thanks to our friends uh, Jim and Carl over at CLW83.com. Make sure you're checking their programming out as well. Great stuff over there. All original stuff you won't hear anywhere else, plus the rebroadcast of all the Fan Junkies radio productions. And last but not least, FrathouseSports.net, our own website, which you're going to be hearing more and more and more about as we continue to go through the next 11 weeks and as we approach our second anniversary and beyond. All right? All right, there you have it. That's our show for the longest evening of the year as we are here the night before summer. Summer begins tomorrow. That is the longest day of the year, so this is our longest show of the year. Albeit, it's not the longest show. I've got the timer going right here. All right. In the meantime, no, you got to, you know what you got to do. As much you, as I've tried. <laughs> he did try. <laughs> In the meantime, you know what you got to do. You got to keep us real. You got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. See you next week. Take it out. But on lap 104, Kane blowing at a right front tire, heading into the turn. One there goes hard into the wall. Car kept his fire. Kane would climb out okay, but he did finish at 38. So lap 128, Earnhardt Jr. in the lead. Passed by Johnson, but Jr. slowing. And a couple laps later, his engine would blow. Tough break for that 88 team as he finished seven. Obviously, now 50 laps to go. Greg Beckham, here we go. Pass the teammate, Carl Edwards, and he'll take the lead. So with three laps to go in this race in Michigan, Johnson... Working his way back to second, but gets a flat left front tire, hits the wall, and he won't catch Biffle. So on that very final lap, Greg Biffle up top hangs on for the victory. His first win of the season and 1,000th win for four. Take a look right there. Harvick finishing second as 2X Jr. is third. Greg Biffle getting the victory uh, First Cup win since Michigan last August for Greg Biffle, the champion of Victory Lane. All righty, there you go. And there's uh, five minutes to Pratt House, number 94. The uh, audio broadcast, you know, it works. It does work, I mean, because really when it comes right down to it, five minutes at the Pratt House is nothing more than, uh, you know, sports talk radio put to video. But here's the deal. Uh, you know, a lot of times you miss some things uh, that – in just the audio side of it, you miss some things, uh, you know, some funny things that happen between Sidekick and I. You miss the graphics that go on behind us. Um, there's a lot of prep that's put into uh, one of our weekly productions. As I pointed out, it, 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 you know, I actually start working on it a little bit on Monday, a little more steadily on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, all day Thursday. So, there's a lot of time put into the program and into the production of it. And then the, even after the fact, the post-production time uh, after we shoot one of these uh, can go for hours, hours and hours uh, of post-production work that's put into editing and, and putting in the um, little subtitles at the bottom of the uh, video and things like that. So there's a lot of, a lot of time put into it. And the audio side works. You know, if you're just sitting and listening to it. But frequently, I would say you want, really want to go and take a look at it because, as I pointed out, there are some really funny things that happen between Sidekick and I that you do not get a chance to experience when you simply hear it. I mean, you might hear the humor going on, but you actually don't see it. So go on out to uh, YouTube. 
Type in five minutes at the frat house. You'll find our videos there. Or go over to our website, which is fradhousesports.net. Stick around with you here for a couple of moments um, as we start to wind things down. If anybody has anything on their mind, please don't hesitate to give me a holler, 347-237-5373. Perhaps maybe something you heard in the show there. Or perhaps maybe you want to respond to something that I addressed at the top of the hour when we first started, uh, namely uh, all of the ridiculous comparisons that we constantly have to deal with from all types of media types, you know, be it newspapers, blog sites, radio shows, television shows, doing the comparisons between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. I'm so tired of it. It's just become trite. Leave it alone for right now. Uh, and that's my stand on it. If you have a, you know, if you feel differently or you want to chime in on that, please give me a holler. Uh, I'll be here with you for a couple of more minutes. Um, let me get you up to date as well on some of those early baseball games that I had mentioned are going on right now. Uh, down in Washington, the Colorado Rockies now have extended their lead over the Nationals. Six nothing in the top of the seventh. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays are leading the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium. That's in the bottom of the third. In the top of the fourth, the Toronto Blue Jays right now have a one nothing lead over the Baltimore Orioles. That game is being played in Toronto. In just a couple of moments, 2-10 start for the uh, Chicago White Sox and the Kansas City Royals. That game is being played in Kansas City. That'll be starting in just a few moments. Other games at 4 o'clock this afternoon. You've got the Houston Astros who are visiting Wrigley Field uh, for the Chicago Cubs. The New York Mets right now are in Philadelphia to play the Phils at 4.05. Miami Marlins are in San Francisco to play the Giants. And another 4.10 game coming up. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are out in Milwaukee to play the Brewers. So those are our early games coming up. Don't forget, as I pointed out, we have a Game 5 this evening in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins. That series all tied up now at two games apiece as they head back to Chicago for Game 5. Who do you got on that one? Last time I checked, Chicago was a puck-and-a-half favorite. My suspicion is they're giving them a home ice. That's why they're the favorite. I think... This series, very, very evenly matched. I'm not quite sure where to go with it. What are your thinkings on that one if you want to chime in? 347-237-5373. Let me run around and uh, throw some shout-outs here to some good folk. And let me start it off with my good friend Jonathan Regis and his creation over there at FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. This is Facebook, folks but just for sports nuts like me. And if you're listening to me, then you're a sports nut as well. So you got to get over to fanjunkies.net and sign up right now. It's completely free to join. And what are you going to get there? Well, you're going to find people from all over the country who have interest in sports, every kind of sport you can possibly imagine. Every team is represented. You can jump in and join little subgroups. If you're a big fan of the Baltimore Orioles, I know it. There's a group for them because I'm a member of that one. If you're a fan of the uh, the Oakland Raiders, there's a group for that too. And trust me, you're going to find 
you're going to find members in those little subgroups. Um, so fanjunkies.net, that's where all of this started, uh, was with the social network website, fanjunkies.net. Get over there, sign up for that. You're listening to the Fan Junkies Radio Network, and a network it is, my friends, trust me. You've got Fan Junkies Radio here with Jonathan and I every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Generally, we're on at noon. There are a couple of shows coming up, uh, in particular, this coming Friday night, where we will actually be on in the evening. You need to be checking the schedule. Normally, we're on at 12 noon Eastern time, but occasionally, because, say, we're having a guest on, who perhaps can't get on at that particular time, we frequently will adjust the schedule to accommodate a particular guest. And this coming Friday, we have a guest that will be coming on with us uh, who uh, cannot make it at the 12 o'clock time. So we will be actually on this Friday at 8 p.m. So you do want to be checking the schedule, and you can check it right here uh, at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, But Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the regular Fan Junkies radio program with Jonathan Regis and myself. Sports Blogger Radio, Thursday evenings, 8 p.m. Our good buddies up there, uh, John and Scott. I almost forgot their names. Yeah, right. John and Scott up there in Boston. I didn't forget your names, guys. Uh, up there in Boston, bringing you all the best Boston news. And, boy, do they have some news going on right now. I mean, look, their Bruins are in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. All right? They got all kinds of issues going on over there with the New England Patriots. All right, a couple of which I already talked about earlier. But, uh, wow, they, uh, they're they sitting in the hotbed right now. Sports information. And these are the guys you want to be listening to if you're a Boston fan. If you're a Boston fan, you've got to be there. But if you're just a sports fan like myself, <coughs> excuse me, it's not a bad idea to give them a listen just to get a perspective from the folks in Boston. And that's why I enjoy them so much. These guys really, really know their stuff when it comes to Boston sports. Check them out right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network, Sports Blogger Radio, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. As you heard in my rebroadcast as well, uh, of five minutes at the frat house, many, many thanks to our good friends Jim Williams and Carl over at CLW83.com. This is another terrific, terrific website podcasting website. you got to check them out. They've got all kinds of programs. Yes, they have some sports programs. They also have some other types of programming. All original programming that they do themselves. Terrific, terrific stuff. Well-produced, knowledgeable folks that come on that program. Give them a listen. Uh, and of course, like I said, they do have their their own sports programs that go on. Uh, Jim, I'm frequently on with Jim on his Touch em All Major League Baseball program. Uh, so, You want to be checking that out. But many thanks to those guys because they rebroadcast uh, all of our Fan Junkies programs, all of them, Sports Blogger, Frat House Saturday, Fan Junkies Radio. They produce and rebroadcast all of those over on CLW83. So we appreciate that, guys. Thanks very much, and uh, uh, we we can't thank you enough. A couple other things I just want to throw out. Please make sure you get over and check out our website, which is FrathouseSports.net. All right, check that out. You'll find all of our videos, and there's some written content over there as well. I've got to get some new written content up there. And uh, if you get over and take a look at that over the course of the next couple of days, you'll be seeing new things going up there. But all of our videos are right there. So FrathouseSports.net. Also, please, our Facebook page. Jump over to Facebook. Type in Frat 
House Sports. You've got to leave spaces in between. Throughout House Sports, you'll find our page. Give that a like. And why? Because that's the easiest way to communicate with us. Plus, you get all of the notifications about everything going on. In fact, during this program, I would just went over and posted up a whole bunch of sports-related things while the rebroadcast of five minutes was going on. So we're constantly updating uh, different stories and different things that are going on in the world of sports over there. All right? Go to Facebook, Frat House Sports. Give us a like. And last but not least, I will be back here with you again next Saturday, right here, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, with another Frat House Saturday. So make sure you're here with me then. One more thing I need you to do. Keep us real, keep us live, and keep us going. Have a wonderful afternoon. See you next week. Maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston, and you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.